friends, welcome back to another episode of Perspectives by Women in Securities Finance. This podcast series furthers our mission to support our community as we seek to promote the advancement of women in the securities finance marketplace. We hope you leave today with a broader perspective or ideas about ways to further your network and career. Or perhaps a deeper education on important business changes in our marketplace. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Perspectives by Women in Securities Finance. My name is Elena Kim Benfield, and I'm your host for today's podcast, a co-founder and actively engaged member of Women in Securities Finance. I work at Vanguard as an assistant general counsel, supporting our global securities lending program and our government relations group. I'm joined by Tia Adams from Goldman Sachs, managing director and global head of securities lending ops. Hello, Tia. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. I'm so excited to see you again. So just to give you all a background about the two of us, we met because we both were asked to speak on an industry panel and as fate would have it, when you meet great people, you want to follow up and get to know them better. So that is how Tia and I met. But for the benefit of this audience, I would love for you to share your story of how you decided to enter the securities finance industry. Yeah, of course. And like you said, I really enjoyed the panel. It was so, so lovely to meet you. And I'm glad that I followed up. (laughs) So look, I came to Goldman Sachs back in 2005. And when I came to Goldman, I was very open to a number of different roles. I simply wanted to have the opportunity to learn, to grow, and then to travel abroad. So I I think you will recall, I joined Goldman Sachs in London back in 2005. At the time, I'd worked a couple of years in financial reporting at the University of Miami, and I'd also done a little bit of work in bankruptcy consulting with KPMG. So when I accepted the position in operations at Goldman, this was all very, very new for me. But I took a role, it was in client assets operations, and that was the very first lens that I had into securities finance. So with the role of client assets operations, you're really focused on customer protection, customer asset protection. And I very quickly learned that where assets were not held in accordance to the customer protection rules, they were available to the firm for use with financing. And so that was kind of the first time that I had a lens into the securities finance industry. Now, if you fast forward for 10, 12 years, I'd done a number of roles within GS, and I was looking to demonstrate that I was ready for a promotion to managing director. And I started to speak to some of my managers. I spoke to some of my mentors, and I said, look, how can I demonstrate that I'm ready for the next level? And that's when an opportunity came to lead the securities lending operations team, and I jumped at it. I said, I know what it is to lead a team globally. I did this role in client assets where I had some transparency into this business. And so I was really excited to take on this new opportunity. So at any point, did you worry? Did you wonder maybe this isn't the right role or maybe I don't know how to do it? Because I think a lot of people, but particularly women, are afraid to change roles. Yeah, look, I think for me, initially, 
I was excited about the opportunity to do something different. And I had a lot of mentors who said, look, you can do this. You can do this. And so initially I was super excited and I went in and I was ready to make a change. But let me tell you, Elena, when I got into the seat, all of that confidence went out of the door completely. It was such a challenge for me when I joined this organization. And it's incredible to be at the place now where I've come out of that. And I did ultimately get promoted to managing director, which is pretty incredible, but it was not an easy ride for me. So do share. You changed roles, I think, and you also moved, right? Did you move from Europe to New York for this role? I did. I did. Uh, And you went from something that was totally, well, not securities lending into a very specialized function Mm -hmm. to head up operations during a financial crisis? Was it the the beginning of a financial crisis or? Yeah. So do tell, like, tell us your story of what you observed and how you were able to manage this transition successfully. Yeah. So a couple of things, I'll start out by saying when I came into the seat, like I said, I was super excited, but what I very quickly learned was number one, there was not a lot of investment in terms of our engineering that supported the operations function. Number two, we had functions that were being performed by a vendor and the vendor wasn't successful. It wasn't a successful partnership. And number three, we had a number of people who had been in the seat for a while and just weren't necessarily open to change. And so I came into this space. That was a little bit of the landscape. The escalations both internal stakeholders and external lenders. I mean, it was daily, constant, you know, this isn't happening, this isn't happening. So it was really, really tough. And in the beginning, I struggled to get my arms around what was happening within this team. But more important, how could I change the trajectory and make us a better organization? And so a lot of what I did was, number one, I spent a lot of time speaking to different stakeholders to help me because I, like I said, I was struggling. There were so many challenges and it was sort of like, how do I get my arms around the group and how do I navigate through these challenges? So I spoke with a number of different stakeholders to understand what is it that needed to happen. I very quickly learned that I needed more metrics. So that was something I didn't have. And so it was difficult to tell the story when you couldn't necessarily measure it. So I identified that as a need. I hired someone and I said, look, this is a role that you need to play. And so those were some of the functional things that I did. But I would also share that I hired a coach. So personally, I was really struggling with how I was going to make a difference here. I think there was a part of me who just forgot all of the learning that I had over the past 10, 12 years, and I was really struggling. So I hired a career coach, and that was very helpful because she helped me to think about myself operating at the next level. And she was helpful in constantly reminding me that you know, when you are going from different country, you're moving roles and responsibilities, all of your stakeholders are changing, you need to operate at a different level. And so me investing in myself, you know, that was also a contributor to how I ultimately managed to lead this team through the change. And ultimately, we're in a much better place than we were three years ago. 
Wow. I love how you had the courage and the humility and the curiosity to take a step back and say, you know what, I need help. And I'm not only going to talk to internal stakeholders and listen to them to figure out what I need to do to affect change, but also to hire a coach, an executive coach. And I've been thinking about this a lot. I've heard from lots of people I admire and talk to that they've all hired executive coaches. Uh Would you mind sharing a little bit about sort of the benefits of a coach to share with our listeners? I am a strong believer that a coach is super beneficial. Now, for me specifically, as a Black woman who has lived abroad, worked in this industry, there's not a lot of people who look like me. So part of what I wanted to do with my coach was just get some clarity around how I should behave and you know how I should operate in this environment where people are a little bit different from me and have a different outlook. And so I really wanted to think about how I could bring my authentic self into work every day. So there was a little bit of that when I made the decision to hire the coach. And I think she's really helped me to be comfortable with coming to work as myself. I mean, you can see me on the screen. I have braids in my hair now and, (laughs) you know, I look a certain way and I'm comfortable with that. So there was a little bit of how do I bring my authentic self to work? And that was helpful with my experience with the coach. The other thing I would say about hiring a coach was it was an opportunity for me to tell my story in a way that I hadn't been successful sharing in the past. And so a lot of the things that we've done is we've looked at my history, we've looked at the actions that I've taken in my career today and what has made me successful up until now. And we talk about the best way to communicate that and the best way to package that information that I'm sharing to my team, to my stakeholders. And I think that's just given me a boost of confidence. It's helped me to see myself at the next level. And I think it's difficult for managers and mentors to put in that level of time with an individual, right? Everyone is working extremely hard organizations are often very lean. And so I think the investment in yourself via a coach, you have a lot more time and you can really develop your thoughts. So I encourage it and think many people should go down this path. Thank you for sharing that, Tia. And so in thinking about the importance of telling your story and bringing your authentic self to work and packaging who you are up to others who might not know your value and what you stand for. Do you think that is critical to moving up to the next level? Absolutely, Elena. I think being able to communicate both written and verbally is key. And I say that, I know it sounds basic, but a big part of progressing within the organization and becoming more senior is you're not only telling your story, you're telling the story of your organization. You need to be in the position to influence others. I spoke earlier about not having the right level of engineering investment. I had to communicate that. I had to demonstrate that with metrics. I had to convince a number of stakeholders that 
an investment was necessary. And so having that skill and being able to practice that skill is critical in my opinion, especially when you are becoming more senior in your career. Again, you're not just telling your own story, but you are leading an organization. You're telling the story of that organization, and you're ultimately being put in the position where you need to influence others. And that's just a key component. I love that. And so going back to this new role, it started off rough and you took a step back and you talked to internal stakeholders. You got advice from your career coach. You figured out how to effectively communicate the needs of your operations team to have your company invest in the things that you need to be successful. You came up with metrics. And are there any other factors that contributed to the turnaround? You did such a good job. Sorry. (laughs) With your recap, all of the points that you made are what contributed. You need to make sure your stakeholders are engaged. I needed to make sure that I had the tools. So the metrics was an example of introducing new tools. Within our organization, we actually evaluated a set of workflow tools to help us with managing our workflow. And so we've moved into a new set of tools. We have tools now that help us to monitor and manage our responsiveness time. So it's a service type of metric. So we spent some time there. I guess the only other thing that I would add is the team. So there's yes. of people that I lead across the globe. And so getting them to believe in me was incredibly important. And I think a lot of the investment that I made into myself with my coach, with understanding how to communicate with different individuals across the globe, with thinking about how to get the best out of individuals, but that was a big part. And I have a lot of strong supporters within my organization who Sometimes they make comments themselves and they talk about how when they first met me, and if you fast forward to now, they talk about the change that they've seen and they told me how they find it inspiring that, you know, we started off in one place and as an organization, we've grown, they've seen my growth, I have seen their growth. And so that's the other part of this where I really poured into my organization and that that has also been critical to being able to affect the change. I love it because no team is successful without a great leader who values their team and instills trust and respect. What specific things do you think or qualities did you bring as a leader to have the team sort of work effectively together to be able to turn around a situation? Yeah, this is a good one. So a couple of things. Number one, transparency. I think it's extremely important as a leader that you are very transparent with the plan, the expectations around the plan. And so with my organization, we consistently talk about the plan. This is where we are. This is how we're tracking, you know, where we have issues. This is what we're doing about it. And I think that was the first thing that instilled confidence in the members of my organization. The second thing that I would say is it's important to make sure that it's a win-win. So 
I am very focused on how do I develop the members within my team? What does that look like on a regular basis? So the things that are important for members of my team is, you know, what are we doing for my personal promotion? Like people care about how I am supporting them and how I'm demonstrating that level of support as they too are looking to move to the next level. And so for all of my direct reports, there's regular conversation around their personal trajectories and how that ties into the entire team progressing. And so we spend a lot of time with that. And then I would say the final thing, just from a team perspective, I talked about this earlier, I believe in being authentic. And so I'm very open and I share with them some of the challenges that I faced. I am a mother, I have a seven-year-old daughter. And so I connect with a number of my teammates when I talk about being a parent. I had one young man in my team. He was going to be a new father. And this is around the time that we introduced a new benefit where our paternity leave was now five months. And I really encouraged him. I said, look, take your time, take your whole five months. And he was very hesitant. And he said, oh, I don't know how this is going to work out in the region. I'm not really sure. And I was very open with him. I said, I was in London. I took a full year off with my daughter. That was a benefit that was available to me. It's a benefit that's available to you to take off this amount of time, like spend the time with your family. It's not going to impact your career negatively. And I need you to have confidence that we believe in this and we will continue to do the right thing. So that's just an example of a person who connected with me outside of functional responsibilities, but parenthood, right? And so I'm very open with the team where possible. Sometimes they get to see my family. Of course, now on Zoom, you get to see husbands, kids, dogs. <laughs> you get to see a little bit of everything. And so I do try and be authentic. I try to make sure that I'm sharing. And I think people appreciate the fact that I am open with the challenges that I face and how I've overcome them. And really that influences their dedication and the trust that I have with my organization. Spoken like a true leader, Tia. It's great to hear with great leaders, there are opportunities for people at different stages in their careers to be able to express their concerns and lean in and have that work-life balance at the right time in their lives Mm -hmm. and to be encouraged to make the right decision for themselves and their families without fear of, you know, repercussion with their career development. That I would say that's a success story. That's sometimes not the norm, particularly in the financial services sector in a major city. So it's, it's great to hear. It's a huge win. And every story builds momentum to create change in our industry, positive change. I have two males in my organization who have both become new fathers and both of whom have taken their full paternity leave. And I feel very proud I think it's a story we need to share more broadly. 
we'll figure out a way to you. <laughs> I know we're coming up on time. Just lastly, if there's any sort of final words of wisdom, thinking about the courage to, to make this change in your career in something that was completely foreign to you for a number of reasons, right? To grow your skill set, to have opportunities for promotion, and then having gone through and probably continuing to go through different challenges. What are your sort of final words of wisdom for maybe junior people or people who are afraid of making change? What would you advise them to think about doing or asking in order to help them progress in their careers? You know, I've done a lot of things across my career, Elena. Like I said, I started out in financial reporting. I went to work for a public accounting firm. I moved to London. Can you imagine? I'm a young lady from Florida and I moved across the pond to a country I'd never even visited before. You know, in my personal life, my husband, he's a comedian, which is funny because you probably have a one perception of me. And (laughs) it's funny to hear that my partner who has done some bits in finance, but he does a lot of comedy. Who would have thought that I would be here right now as a managing director at Goldman Sachs leading a global operations team? So I kind of give all of that context to say, you know, wherever you are in your career, I think you need to bet on yourself. You need to believe that you can do it. And I think that's the first step. And I hope that doesn't sound cliche, but it's true. It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy where you believe in yourself. Other people see that they get attracted to you because of that. And so I think it's just important. If you believe in yourself, there's always a way to make it happen. I think there are always tools that are out there that you can tap into. There's like we said, mentors, there's so many different stakeholders, but I I think it all starts with you and you believing that you can do this. And I tell people all the time, you know, let's focus on where you're going and, and not worry so much about, well, I don't know this part of the business. I don't know this part of the process. I think many people have the aptitude to learn, but you need to believe it for yourself. And in general, I believe there's always a way, whatever problem I come across on a daily basis, even when it feels insurmountable, there's always a way. And so you just need to go one step at a time and you will get there. And I hope more people should bet on themselves. Love it. I believe in you, Tia. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. What a pleasure. Thank you for sharing your words of wisdom and sharing your story. I've learned a lot about you and I've learned a lot generally just by moderating this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun, Elena. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Tia, for joining us today. We appreciate your time. And thank you again to our listeners. Be sure to join us for our next episode of Perspectives by Women in Securities Finance. Thank you for listening to another episode of Perspectives by Women in Securities Finance. And a big thank you to our featured speakers from this episode. And of course, all the active Women in Securities Finance members that are driving real change in our marketplace today. If you have ideas for future episodes or would like to get involved, please visit our website or you can contact Women in Securities Finance via LinkedIn. 
And to make sure you don't miss an episode, you can subscribe to this series wherever you get your podcasts. And now for our disclaimer. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters and do not reflect the views or opinions of their respective employer organizations. This material is for your private information and does not constitute legal, tax, or investment advice. There is no representation or warranty as to the current accuracy of nor liability for decisions based on such information. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you.